Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blog, Blog Talk Radio, Working for a Living, where progressives... For change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and Dave Fillion. I'm your moderator Leroy McKnight and we certainly hope that everyone had a wonderful week last week and this weekend. We are also going to be joined by special guest Lindsay Herschelwood from Unifor in Canada. She is uh, uh, quite an uh, eloquent speaker and we look forward to her updates on the ongoing uh, vote at uh, General Motors. So we have a few announcements. Uh, First one is Honeywell workers remain locked out of the plant by management. Two, UPS is hiring for seasonal work. Remember that 37% of seasonal workers eventually get hired full-time. So this is a great way to enter UPS and get a high-wage job, by the way. Teamsters. Uh, three, remember to participate in the Working for a Living write-in campaign to the U.S. Senate to oppose the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Instructions for doing so are on the Working for a Living Facebook page. Three or four, Working for a Living continues to support, support Unifor in the selection of General Motors as their target, though. We do not approve of providing contract information the same day as a ratification vote. These life-affecting collective bargaining agreements are simply too important to review in just a few hours. Just wrong, folks. I mean, we support you. We'll try and send you, get you money, send you money, but you can't do this to other members. It's just wrong, okay? We hope you got them a good contract. We'll see. Number five, Volkswagen Minority Union ACE has fallen below the VW threshold to be in discussions with the company. I'd like to note that this threshold is not part of U.S. labor law, so Volkswagen refuses to speak with ACE and Volkswagen refuses to bargain with the UAW. I expect this is how they also are used to handling their IG Mattel and Volkswagen works councils. Take note, everybody. Good note on that one. Okay? See how you're being treated? That's how you're going to expect to be treated if you make this change. All right? Just pay attention. I mean, it's not rocket science. Number six, North American light vehicle production is up 10.7% to a 1.6 million level. We're happy that that's taken place. Uh, Seven, union membership in the U.S. is at a low of 8%, and we're not happy at all about that. 
we need to start acting like unions and people will start asking to join in droves. Let's do this a little different, okay? Uh, update pension plan on the improper voting upon pensions uh, by Shingledecker. Uh, the IEB has responded, uh, the IEB answer has been responded to to the Public Review Board. That's where that stands at the moment. Number nine, another update, the ethical practices vote, uh, re, uh, appeal regarding the voting at Local Union 600. The IEB has asked or has requested a second extension of time to answer the uh, appeal that uh, Brother Art Peterson has sent in to the Public Review Board. Stay tuned. This is getting real interesting to those two there. Uh, you'd like to see some of that language that's in this, although it's still private and soon to be public because it's at the public review board. Okay. Uh, there seems to be a number 10, seems to be a lot of discussion about Appendix A again in social media. Uh, and that some are spreading that Appendix A has been suspended. Well, first of all, we'd like to refer you to the August 28th Working for a Living radio show for more information. We, we covered that pretty much in detail. And that got your collective bargain agreement yourself, okay? In our opinion, Appendix A is intact. Everyone needs to remember that there has to be an opening for Appendix A to trigger. Also, remember that Appendix K is the uh, competitiveness language, and it is in full force, as you can see, just by looking around you. Appendix D, on the other hand, the automatic ascension to permanent from temporary has indeed, for uh, everything we can see, has been suspended. They actually have to ask and negotiate by the national parties to move people from the temporaries into permanent positions, which brings us to item number 11. And this is just in. We have it in writing that General Motors intends to hire 600 temporaries to full-time status, permanent status. And this is going to occur reportedly, we have it in writing, on October 3rd. And they said more will be happening in 2007. That is great news for the temporaries. You've been treated like just absolute second-class citizens. I don't even think it's second, probably about as low as you can get. It's just horrible, the treatment you're getting, and we really oppose that. So we're, congratulations to the 600 people that are going to be moving up. We really are glad for that. And it ought uh, it ought to be an automatic move after 180 days which you get 90 days within that period. And that's what the language says in Appendix D, but that's not occurring. Uh, this action, in our opinion, should also trigger some Appendix A moves. So we don't know for sure. That's our opinion, but we'll see what really occurs. Okay, that handles it for the announcements. We do have three emails. Uh, the first email, uh, thank you very much for having me on the show on September 18th to inform your listeners of drastic changes in the referendum pr procedure in Michigan. 
That's from attorney Jeffrey Hank that was on the show last week. Number two email, it is so nice to hear Jeff Brown back on the show. That's from Diane in Texas. Thank you, Diane. Uh, and the third email, sorry I could not make the show this week, but I am still interested in being on. Name withheld, but that is from a special guest that we expect to have on the show soon. So um, stay tuned. There's some really interesting shows uh, coming up uh, for us. So before we get into all the rest of the show, the labor news, I'd like to remind everybody of Aristotle's statement. This is really core to fixing things, you know. A problem defined is a problem half solved. So we just sit around and define these things, and then once you have a definition of what the problem is, in a lot of cases, you can put a plan together to fix it, okay? Uh, having said that, let's bring on the co-host. Uh, we have uh, Jeff Brown in queue. Let's bring Jeff on. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Good, Leroy. How are you? Pretty good. We had a couple late items there that I uh, added to our show uh, in the announcements. Uh, I imagine you found those pretty interesting, eh? Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Some of this stuff's pretty good. Let me get David on the show. Hi, David. Hey, Leroy. You know there's Jeff and myself here. How are you doing this evening? Yeah. Real good. How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, David. How are you? Good. How do you get these girlfriends on uh, Mountain Texas to um, <laughs> follow you like that? I need to know. I wish I knew the secret. <laughs> I owe her a big hug when I run into her. <laughs> Justified Piper, I think. You know, he just plays his fiddle and away they come. (laughs) Moving on. So the weather, as you, uh, the the folks here in mid-Michigan and the Midwest know, it's just absolutely been gorgeous today. And, uh, you know, everybody's been out in the yard and finishing up the last stuff. So, again, we had a nice weekend. Uh, So it's it's good. uh, having said that, uh, let me um, uh, introduce someone we've had on the show before, uh, an amazing speaker, um, she, special, our special guest from Unifor. She's a member, and she's a progressive for change. She's also a past candidate for president of Unifor. She has taken her hits from time to time, But because of her passion for the membership, she continues to persist in her passion for the membership. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and all listeners around the world, please welcome Lindsay Herschelwood to the show. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for being on this evening. Thank you very much. So uh, we just have some unofficial counts right now. We're still waiting for official counts. But the Mm -hmm. unofficial count, unfortunately, is the 78% in favor of the contract. 
Uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about uh, the GM Canadian contract right now, or do you have other things to talk about first? You can go ahead, Lucy. Okay, so GM was the target, and the uh, so Unifor has been negotiating for investment uh, this time round. So. GM, after 2008, GM and in Oshawa, who were apparently guaranteed a uh, product in the 2008 contract, product was pulled immediately after the 2008 contract. So GM and in Oshawa is on the chopping block. So they claim that they have product and investment and they're good until 2019. However, the product is uh, just the overflow from other plants and to be finishing vehicles in the plant. So, uh, you know, the language with uh, doing finishing work is that finishing work could disappear very quickly and the overflow product will be reduced if uh, production goes down. So uh, it, they were given a $6,000 signing bonus and retirees who retired before 1987, a $1,500 signing bonus, um, a slight raise of um, the first year is, is 2%, so it's 70 cents the first year and 80 cents the fourth year. Benefits remain the same. First-tier pension remains the same. Second-tier pension remains the same. But the third-tier pension is a wholly contribution pension plan with a mandatory 4% uh, contribution and no pension benefits. And they slightly improved the uh, in-progression wage schedule for the 10-year grow-in, but the 10-year grow-in remains, and the new wage, starting wage, will be 2092 an hour instead of 2049. Now, GM has the SWEs, the Supplemental Workers Language, that these were permanent second tier, much like the permanent second tier was in the U.S., and these Swedes paid union dues, but did not have, uh, they were not uh, covered under the collective agreement. So these Swedes, there's a bit of a contradiction in the uh, highlights. The national president, Jerry Diaz, says that they'll be converting uh, more than 700 Swedes to permanent full-time, but the chair of the uh, master bargaining um, in his statement just says some of the new hires will now be given full-time jobs. Um, so it's disappointing that there's just nickels and dimes this past. Uh, they threw nickels and dimes at the workers in this past. But I, I think it's very frightful that this third-tier pension is going to come back next contract and it's going to harm the first and second tier pensions too. And GM currently at this point, their first tier membership, two thirds of their first tier membership are eligible to retire right now. So if these workers retire before the next contract, that's, that could be a two thirds membership of the third tier worker working on the line. For negotiating. So that's the gist of it. And we only have the highlights, so we don't have the official language. 
and we're still waiting for the official vote count. Uh, I did speak to a GM Oshawa worker today, and he said there was only three people at the microphone speaking in favor of the contract, and they were booed. But he felt the contract would pass, and it did. At an, uh, so we're still waiting. So it's unofficial. 78% in favor by production and 52% in favor by skilled trades. So that's my summary. Okay. And it's, uh, it's going to be Chrysler that's the next target. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you, Lindsay. I'm sure there's some questions. How about Jeff goes first and asks you whatever he has on his mind regarding this? I know the, the, uh, the other two co-hosts have uh, had the, uh, the pleasure of looking at the highlights, uh, and I've been a little busy, I have to admit. And so they're up on them a little more than I am. So we'll we'll start with Jeff asking you a couple of questions regarding things. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, it just seems to me that uh, just like the UAW last two, three national agreements, that they're putting all this upfront money up at the dirt, hoping to pass this this contract, um, which I don't agree with. Um, you ever put in favor of a contract with money just to pass it? Uh, what what's the word around uh, GM? Is that one of the reasons why they're going to vote for it? Yeah. I, I think, uh, from what I understand, uh, it was the fear of the Oshawa plant closing, and the leadership really emphasized that uh, GM already had plant closure. They were already prepared at the bargaining table with plant closure language. So, um, I just it's the fear machine, and I'm sure we've all experienced that at every ratification. Uh, so... Um, the second tier, and it's hard to, because you know a lot of people talk that they're going to reject the contract, and then you get these 78% in favor votes. Um, the second tier seems to be more adamant about um, rejecting the contract and fighting back, and Oshawa is a town that's really been hurt by industry and a lot of job losses, but uh, this language is... You know, this product is, uh, as I said, like in 2008, when our national president said, for sure, the product is guaranteed. It was right after the contract was signed, that product was pulled from GM and shipped down to Mexico. So I, I, I think it was the money, because I think everybody figured out that it's nickels and dimes, and by the time we're taxed, it's nothing. I, th I think what passed that contract in Oshawa was the fear of the plant closing. So, okay. and, and there was no talk of, um, so we lost the auto pack in, 19, in uh, 2001 that for every um, five vehicles sold in Canada, one had to be built in Canada, which protected, which helped us get investment in Canada, then they try to replace that with uh, an auto policy plan, which was just absurd because it was um, 
just too many demands on Canadian taxpayers and it harmed other industries. There's absolutely no talk anymore about legislative protection in Canada. And I don't know if people are aware, our dollar is now at 70 cents. So it's very cost effective for these companies to produce in Canada. Okay, yes. Lin Lindsay, we did hear, and I believe we had an article uh, uh, regarding the idea that uh, in the past the government was offering uh, low interest loans to these corporations to help build whatever they needed to build in Canada. Uh, and now, because low in interest loans are you know in vogue everywhere, you just you know you can anybody can get one. You don't have to have a special dispensation from a, a, a government to get one uh, they're they're all low interest rates so they've uh, what we read about was the fact that they were talking to make these grants now so they'd be free money uh, just give it to them uh, so uh, do you have any uh, in, any additional information on that or was that just somebody's uh, hoping that that might occur and that's not going to happen now. Do you have any thoughts yeah, we, on that? We don't have any commitments from government, but what I would like is a list of over the past 60 years what's been given in grants and what's been given in loans. And um, so we nothing concrete um, about that, but just an example of when the government uh, interferes is um, I, I've mentioned U.S. Steel before so U.S. Steel mm -hmm. has just been granted um, so I now I no longer live in Hamilton Ontario where one of the steel mills is and but I live on Lake Erie now and it's called the county of Haldeman and it's a, a big span that's lost all of its industry here and it's, there's a lot of poverty, and it's really farming uh, communities. The county of Haldeman now has to pay U.S. Steel back $600 million in tax rebates because U.S. Steel locked out their workers, and U.S. Steel claimed that uh, their plant was idle, so they're entitled to a municipal tax rate. And so... You know, the taxpayer is really getting robbed one way or another because, uh, you know, our tax money is going to these companies and there's no guarantees. The union does not demand any job security when uh, federal tax money or provincial tax money goes to these companies. So they're giving them our, our money without any job guarantees. And then there's this, we've just discovered there's this little loophole in tax rebates from municipalities. So we're getting robbed that way too. And for the county that I live in, there's no way they can come up with $600 million. You know, it's, it's going to bankrupt this county. For a company that's a lot that, of money for a small yeah yeah a lot of money for yeah. a small county to be coming up with six hundred million dollars is a lot of money so for a company uh, that locked we, out its workers yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah right and, yeah that's the treatment they're getting so um, Lindsay uh, we have another co-host David Fillion I know David has a couple of questions for you uh, let me ask David to uh, forward those to you now. 
Uh, go ahead, David, with your questions, please. Um, supplemental workforce employees, are um, those your, uh, what you consider temporary workers? No, GM has multi multiple tiers here. The TPTs are actually different than the supplemental workers. So the supplemental workers uh, were like, um, they were close to what the permanent uh second tier worker was in the states their wage they were stuck at the their starting wage essentially and they had no tenure growing and also they weren't covered by the collective agreement so they they weren't didn't have privy to the grievance process or arbitration I don't know how that can be legal, that you can take union dues from a worker and not give them protection under the collective agreement, but that's essentially what they were. So, uh, and they could work full-time hours. So these um, second-tier supplemental workforce employees were hired after 2006. For them, that means starting all over again, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. So for them, the the growing process can be a twenty year process. You know, at least a thirteen year. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. That's sad. I'm sorry. It, it, it's frightful. It really, really is. And uh, we've been privatizing our hydroelectricity here in the province. And we're just, and hydro is very expensive. We pay the highest hydro rates in North America. And we're now subjected to a 40% increase in our hydro bills. So I'll give you an example of what a hydro bill is for an average family in Hamilton, Ontario. For two months, it's between six and $800. And I'm in the country so I'm paying 200 my first I just moved here so my first hydro bill was $200 for the month and I'm never here and my water bill was $200 for the month too. So you know a hydro bill in Ontario is like a mortgage payment. So it's that. it's yeah. All right. Uh so that everybody knows when Lindsay when Lindsay speaks of the the province or provincial, that's the the province of Ontario because that's where she lives. It's kind of like one of our states here in the United States. How many are there, 13, Lindsay, in Canada? <laughs> I should know I that, know. shouldn't I? I we have provinces yeah, okay. and territories. Yeah, I think it's about 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I 10 provinces, three territories, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know because, you, you know, it's foreign to a lot of our listeners when you speak of the province. Uh, so we just want to make sure that everybody understands that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, David, David, that, that question was just, I mean, flooring. Uh, you know, when you consider Lindsay's response, that that uh, it takes 20 years to grow into your job. Uh, that's to get the top wage, and that's just amazing. Uh, 20 years—that's two decades out of your life to try and get to a decent wage, where you could actually put money towards a, a retirement. Imagine that: 20 years at low wages before you get to top wage. Think about that, and, brothers and sisters. Yeah. 
Also, I might add, their top wage is lower than the first tier top wage. So their top wage is, just let me get the chart here, I think it's 34.15. So in 10 years' time, their top wage is 34.15. The top wage of the first tier worker is... uh, 35.78 35.78 for an assembler and 36.12 for production. So that's nearly, so the first tier is still making $2 an hour more, top rate. And the second tier, by the time they're in that 10 year growing, pay $2 an hour to their pension. So they're actually at top rate making $4 an hour less than the first tier worker. Wow. And let's all remember, last year, General Motors made a record, what, $9.6 billion? 9.6. Here in the United States, $300 million would bring all of the workers up to Tier 1 wages. And I imagine it's not that much more to bring everybody up to top tier wage in Canada. Yet and still agreed of these corporations at the expense of hardworking men and women is just unbelievable. It's just unacceptable, in my opinion, Lindsay. So, it's, that uh, $9.6 billion, is that global or is that just North American? North That's America, a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so $9.6 billion North American profit, and it only would take $300 million to bring the GM workers up to first-tier rate. Wow. All of them, right? That was a study done by a lady out of uh, the uh, Detroit area. She did a very fine job on that study for all three of the uh, uh, Detroit Three companies. And it it, it was essentially a a number right at $300 for all three of them, Uh, and they all can afford it. Uh, Ford, they just adjusted their number down for 2016 from – 10.6, 10.8 10.6, billion, trillion, no, billion, 10.8 billion down to 10.2 billion. Uh, so they're over $10 billion. And again, uh, a little over 300 million takes everybody the first tier wages. We have negotiated, we did not get any clawback, and we have negotiated the contract for the lowest possible denominator should the world, you know, just fall apart that they can still make money. In fact, General Motors said the other day, uh, downturn, bring it on. We'll still make money. Yeah, no wonder, because they haven't paid their people properly. So it's just one of the things to consider when these negotiations are out there. Where's our share? You know, there's, there's... Capital, which are the corporations, labor, and then enterprise that occurs when the two interact so that they can generate uh, business and a profit and wages for everybody that's working for them. And they need to be melded together in a fair way. And what's going on with just what you indicated in a 20-year grow-in for these poor people working at less than desirable wages – trying to put food on the table, a roof over their head, a vehicle to get back and forth to work, 
put their kids through college. Yeah. So just to clarify, that's, yeah, up to 20 years. So if they started after 2006, which is 10 years ago, for them it would be 20 years. For people that have just started, you know, it's going to be about, you know, whatever. But up to 20 years, I find it frightful. Yeah. Yeah. And to have to start over. But that's a reset. Yeah, that's a reset for all these people. You know, that's two decades of your life. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. I just, I just find that deplorable. I don't know who negotiated that. I just, I, you know, we, we support Unifor as best we can here on the show and on our, with our team. And we've actually had a vote and said we support Unifor. Yeah. And we'll do our best if they go on strike, you know. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they, they got to get better for these people. They just, they got to get better, you know, stuff for us. And it's just, just de- deplorable some of this stuff that's going on. So, but um, David, you have more questions for Lindsay? I know that was one that you had raised with me before the show, and I just, I was just floored by that when he said that. Go ahead, David. The, the pension issue. Um, I'm disappointed to see. Uh, the uh, third tier um, losing pensions. Um, during the 2008 meltdown here in the States, um, a lot of our um, elderly people were um, moved over into these um, contribution programs. They started out in the 70s as a savings vehicle, and over the years they uh, turned into what uh, the companies wanted to consider a pension for workers. Uh, during the uh, 2008 meltdown, a lot of these older workers that were between 62 and 65 years old, um, they saw half or more of their 401ks evaporate into thin air in just a matter of hours. And today, a lot of those people are working at Wendy's, McDonald's, um, Walmart, um, just to get by. Um, 401k is a scam. Um, it's not a pension. It was never intended to be here, and it shouldn't be there either. Um, one day, um, these people are going to be in some serious world of hurt. Um, seems that uh, Dennis Williams um, and Gary as well um, they have theirs, so they're not real concerned, it doesn't seem, for the future of these young workers, and they should be. You're absolutely right, and it's very frightful, especially for the GM workers, because back in 2008, 2009, uh, GM was behind on its um, con- pension contribution, topping up the plan. They were only at 30% funding. At that time, I don't, I can't, I don't know if it's improved uh, yet. I, I, but Ford itself is only hovering around sixty or seventy percent. Our pen, pensions have never been one hundred percent topped up when they should be, and uh, it's frightful too because I believe I read a post. Um, so the GM retirees, uh, their I believe long term care went from. Uh, $2,100 a month to $600 a month. And, you know, where do you find long-term care for $600? I'm sure you don't even get that in the States. 
decent long-term care yeah. for that amount. Oh, and, no, uh, not close. You're right. Uh, your 401k is the equivalent, I would say, of our uh, retirement savings plans. And, you know, I've had money in a retirement savings plan for 20 years, and it, it's, you know, not making any money. But a lot of people did take, well, I don't invest in high risk, but the people who did were invested in high risk. They lost half their money, if not two-thirds of it, back then. So it does happen. So these third-tier pensions, um, they are, uh, you know, only going to be worth market value. And so, you know, there's going to be another how many more global economic crises that they're going to steal our money again from us before these people retire. Yes, it really is criminal to do that. And two, what we're not thinking of is, you know, myself, you know, my father's 81 years old. He was in the hospital for three months. And I'm, you know, he's health, he's good, he's in a good place, but he was in a coma for three weeks. So I, you know, I do rehabilitation exercises with him almost every single day, and it's draining going to work. I don't live in the same town as him, so what people don't think of, it's not just that these second and third tier pen, pen, when they they become pensioners are um, going to be impoverished, is they don't have benefits. So what kind of conditions are they going to be living in and what kind of strain is that going to be on family members to have to care for um, elderly parents or disabled parents when these people retire? It's, you know, it's not just the money. It's, it's, well, you know, I, I know I'm preaching to the converted, but these concessions really affect entire families and communities. Right. Yes, they do, and and it isn't you know like as you say, not just the money or even the families, but the communities around. You know that that these folk eventually fall into a welfare class. You know, and that's just horrible that people who should have been paid properly and have you know care after their their retire, retirement and their pensions and then they they you know their last hope is that the government might you know put them on welfare so they can be sustained there or in the social security system yeah. somehow and it's just wrong that this should uh, fall on the community rather than on the corporation that profit in it and you know 10 billion dollars annually year after year after year. I mean, these are high numbers, but they've been doing very well since the bankruptcy, believe me. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, go ahead well, Lindsay. Well, welfare, welfare here is $600 a month. And how do you pay for rent and feed yourself on $600 a month? And I, I'm, right. I'm going to guess that the States is the same, but here... Uh, the demographic, the rise in uh, the demographic, the rise in homelessness is retirees, it's pensioners, and right. uh, and the demographic of uh, the increase in people using shelters is pensioners, and so that that problem is already here. You know, this is the generation that half of us, half the baby boomers, have. Uh, you know, and my, my dad has great pension benefits. So, you know, the baby boomers retiring, they've got pension benefits. 
and there's still this rise in uh, homelessness and pensioners using uh, shelters to live in here. So it's already frightful. Right. And, of course, they, you know, they use that fear, you know, to extend into these contract agreements. Oh, would you like to wind up like that person or this person? And, you know, would you like to have your job gone like that company across the street did, you know, there? And, you know, that fear uh, is just simply wrong, Lindsay. And, I mean, yeah, you say, well, you know, there's consequences if you don't pass it. You know, but that's not that's not be-all, end-all. I mean, this, these corporations are making just enormous amounts of money, and this is just simply wrong for them to abuse the people like this and the people at Solidarity House that said that they were going to support Unifor. They have no tools buying through the membership. They can't have a slowdown. They can't try and uh, pick it. They can't, they can't strike over it. Virtually no tools buying through the membership. Now, clearly they have people that talk to General Motors from Solidarity House here in the United States, and I'm sure they said a couple of kind words. But, you know, this isn't about a couple of kind words. This is about people getting paid properly while they're working in jobs that are less than desirable. Anybody that thinks these jobs are easy, especially these days, need to go in and just try and do one for for about a half an hour. Just tell I'm telling you, just try it because this is this is a different auto plant than anybody that worked in the plant even 10 years ago. They have harvested the membership to where it's just next to impossible to get your job completed working as hard as you possibly can. You're so right. It's frightful. The junior jobs, it's frightful. The workloads on these people and how fast they're working, yes. And it's a safety issue too, Lindsay. Yeah. I don't know how. I I watched jobs, and I don't know how they passed the safety. Um, Two, and these workers are getting injured quicker and younger, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Right. You know, the the chemicals that we work around, the repetitive motion injuries that we get from these jobs, so that you know. Those that hired in prior to 78, 1978, and worked at least 10 years in the plants, any plant, not just auto plant, are eligible to collect money under the asbestosis uh, suit that's been adjudicated here. And when our members are uh, tested, 45% of them test positive. Wow. 45% test positive. That's almost half. And you think they shouldn't be paid properly or working around in this sort of stuff? Yeah, they got $100,000 out there if you test positive. And if you've had cancer once, that doubles. And if you had cancer twice, it redoubles. You know, but uh, (laughs) 
what's it worth when it comes to your life, okay? And they don't want to pay properly for this. And we have people in charge of our union. I don't know completely about Jerry Diaz. I know that his dad was an international staff rep. But I'll say this. The people that are in charge of Solidarity House now, by and large, have not built one car, not a one. There's two vice presidents that actually came from the plant, an auto plant. That's it. Uh, Settles and uh, Jewel. Those two. Cindy never did. Gary Castile never did. President Dennis Williams never did. They have no concept of what these jobs are like, working for them in one of the Detroit Three Companies, and they have no concept of what occurs over your lifetime having worked in one of these plants. They are, they are simply immune to that knowledge, Lindsay, and it's wrong. We yeah, need to have people I, there that have done it. That's true with Jerry Diaz, too. He, he came from aerospace. I believe it was Bombardier he worked for. But when his father mm-hmm. died, he took over the presidency of his local. And I believe he only had one year seniority. So, you wow. know. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's right. Been, so how much, yeah, exactly. He's been at the yeah. top of the pyramid for 30 years in leadership. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's eligible for retire, and it's a, he's eligible for a $9,000 a month protected pension. So his pension mm-hmm. can never be decimated. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There you have it. No. Yeah. Uh, have and you he, heard anything more? Dennis Williams. Uh, um, yeah. Go ahead. He's like Dennis Williams? Yeah. 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 Dennis was a welder somewhere. You know, this guy, you know, he welded for a minute and a half and then he moved moved up. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can compare welding any day he wants to and uh Oh, I'll stand tall against that. So, uh, uh, have you heard anything more on the numbers? Have you uh, in, in your? Because my emails are just, you know, going off no, and, and um, texting. So, we were told there probably wouldn't be any anything official until about nine p.m. tonight. So, okay, no official news okay. yet. So, okay, but if the rumor, oh. I mean, the rumor probably out of Oshawa is probably true that it passed at 78%. Um, St. Catharines has a lot less people. I think St. Catharines only has about 600 people there. So still waiting for those vote counts too. Okay. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. David, do you have any more questions for, for Lindsay? I see it looks like you have another one. Um, no, not really a question. Um, I just wanted to thank her for being on the show. And uh, I would like to say that she's a very dynamic speaker. And uh, I enjoy listening to you speak, particularly your dialect. Um, if you notice by my last name, I'm Canadian. Um, my family <laughs> was from uh, Montreal, Canada. So I don't often get to hear the dialect that my aunts um, all spoke. So I enjoy that very much. Thank you. 
Well, thank you very much. It's good to hear your voice again and to hear Jeff and Leroy yeah. too. And, you know, you say you're from Montreal. I don't know if you recall is Quebec also had an auto industry too, the province of Quebec, and there is no no auto industry anymore in Quebec. Plus two, um, it always escapes me too because the Shelby is built by a private company up here in Canada too. So, uh, but Quebec's auto oh. industry completely disappeared. So, wow! How you know? My 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 paternal grandmother was from Moncton, New Brunswick. She was uh, the she was first one born in the United States from Scotland. So yeah, mm-hmm. some some roots. We still have a a lot of uh, affinity with Canada. You know, some of the people here on the team, and and uh, we wish you all, you know the very best and things. Jeff, uh, I, I, let me just bring Jeff on for a second because he's been quiet over there. I know he's got to have something to say. Jeff. Yeah, I just found. Uh, article from the Free Press from a reporter that I know very well. He's reporting that um, Oshawa is expected to have it said how much money is going to go into that plant according to this article. But they say uh, GM plans to invest $400 million to upgrade the company called the FlexLine. Some of the Impala, the Buick Regal, and the Cadillac XTS passenger car. Um, it doesn't say how much the government is going to give uh, EM, but I know. Yeah, there's. Go ahead. There's been no announcements, yeah. Yeah, and that, that kind of worries me too, because of our big fleet plan. Our negotiations, they'll tell each, each plant, they'll list on each plant how much money is going to be invested into those plants during the gratification vote and highlights. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess you're, you're right. I you're absolutely right. There's you know, nothing, we have nothing concrete to. And uh, keep in mind, uh, Oshawa, I believe the plant's more than 60 years old. So, you know, you have to upkeep these old, you know, my plant's over 60 years old. Um, so when they said investment for facilities and tools and machinery, well, any business to stay in business has to invest in itself. But, um, yeah, we don't have anything guaranteed. Um, you know, everything's a flex plant now. Oshawa will be building uh, cars and trucks. So they um, – uh, oh, hang on. I just got a result from a GM worker in – Oshawa, who said the the results just came in, 65% in favor. Okay. So that's a pretty good rejection vote. It still passed, but that's uh, the, the the national has to acknowledge that rejection vote and 
realize, you know, we're done. So 65% in favor, keeping in mind that two-thirds are eligible to retire right now. Okay, that, that would be my question. How many of them are student workers and how many are new hires? So that answers my question there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're, we all know nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed from the government, and you know, you know, investment. Uh, that's the company's language, and I don't like when we engage in the company's language, because mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what you know, really, what is investment? Um, so, uh, but but the yeah, it's overflow product and it's finishing a product. So I, I don't know if it's in some of your plants, but in here, when the finishing language usually means they we get it for a little while and then they contract it out to somebody else. And right. uh, you know, it, um, my my place is currently fighting over that. Is um, you know how they define. Um, after production repairs or whatever, so it just I'm I I I think of all all of the plants. So one more thing. So back in 2008, Ontario was still 25% of the production auto production in North America. So I think we're down to about 13% now. But uh, I I think Oshawa will be the next plant to close in this pro pro province and I, I see it happening around 2020 2020, 2020. next mm-hmm. contract so well we we hope that doesn't happen because you know you need the work there you know in, in Oshawa needs the work just because other plants have left there other companies and corporations have left doesn't mean that they should abandon these workers there I just, you know, I, I'm uh, just uh, uh, not in favor of this at all, especially with the number of automobiles and trucks that are being sold in North America. It's around 17 million. You heard this light-duty vehicles. It's uh, 1.6, but there are around 17 million, you know, in North America being sold here, and those those products need to be built here. If they're going to sell them here, they got to build them here, you know. So and they ought to pay the people, right? And that's just, it's just wrong that this is going on, and they they have got to stop. They've got to resource work back in from these job shops, and they've got to repatriate the work that they've sent to the Pacific Rim and into to Mexico. That's just simply wrong to take advantage of two tier one countries, two G7 countries, and put them married up, paired at the hip with Mexico, a third-tier world uh, economy. And it's just wrong. They should have put a sliding scale and put a minimum wage on them and uh, then not collected the money for either one of the countries and just sent that money back over to Mexico so they can build their infrastructure and begin to, to start having a consumer, a consumer, a true consumer economy. At $4 an hour, you are not going to buy a $40,000 pickup truck. You're simply not going to yeah. do it. So until they start consuming the goods they build, they ought to be, you know, uh, put some input, uh, input some uh, money into the vehicle when it comes here, and that will stop a lot of that. It will repatriate these jobs. So 
uh, having said that, uh, Lindsay, we wish you the very best as this goes forward. Sure. And please keep us, uh, you know, up to speed on it. We know uh, you said that uh, FCA is next, Chrysler, and Ford is after that. So we would love to have you back on up, you know, and update us as that unfolds right before our eyes. So, do you have anything else Thank for you. us? Thank you so much, and what you just said was bang on. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope I didn't mm-hmm. use all your time on the radio show. And We're uh, fine. We're fine. And I think uh, one thing out of this is the second tier have really um, – they really aired their um, concerns, and I, I believe it will be the second tier – that builds a fight back movement like you have in the states, and uh, you know I think the second tier are um, who we have to bank on now, and uh, hope you know hope to encourage that, and hopefully we can build something together. So thank you very much. It was great uh, hearing from you all, and thank you very much. So I've got to go to work <laughs> tomorrow yes. at okay. 6 a.m. So uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Go ahead, guys. Say good night to work. Good night, Uh, Leroy? Yes. I am looking at uh, the Free Press article. It says uh, Davos said the tentative deal means, quote, our fear of closure in 2019 is now over, end quote for the Oshawa plant. He did oh, not say okay. what car, truck, or crossover GM's promising to to the plant, saying that Davos would rather kill the members first. But I think he's, there's something in the game. He ain't come out today saying what this was going in that plant before the vote. Okay. That that is just wrong as well. It's totally wrong. Um, okay, so it's they their threat to be closed is in in 2019 has been removed. Is what you're saying? Right. Our fear of the closure in 2019 is now over for the Oshawa plant. Well, that's and good didn't news. say what car truck to uh sprinkle in there. Right. Well, they probably don't, don't. They might not even know themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they Brent might not Navy know themselves, wrote, Jeff. At this point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Navy wrote that the should article. be good news for for Lindsay. Yeah. Who who wrote the article? Brent Navy. Um, Brent Navy. I know him okay. personally at the Free Press. He's a good writer. Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's a good writer. He, he does a nice job. Yes, he does. Well, good. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I'm sure that that's really good news to Lindsay's ears as well. Uh, and brothers and sisters and listeners, you heard it here first, right here. Oshawa passed their General Motors agreement at the Oshawa plant by 65 percent. The members have spoken. Everybody has to power down and just, you know. Listen to the membership. They spoke, they they voted, they spoke, and that's what they have. So we'll take a look at it, and we'll see if it's good or bad over time as it comes out. But 
uh, you know, it's, it sounds like it's over because that's one of the largest plants in, in Canada. But you heard it here first, almost as soon as it was announced. So keep that in mind when you're listening, you know, thinking about listening to the show. We have some really good information for you. So thanks for that article. That's That just came out too, didn't it, Jeff? That's another thing. You know, yeah. Just, not very long ago. This evening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just a, just a little while ago. So thank you, Jeff, for bringing that to, to everybody's attention. I'm, I hope Lindsay heard that. Uh, so uh, she, she's uh, made a comment on something here. So Lindsay says uh, lots of stuff. I mean, you know, she's still there. Yeah. We'd actually bring her back on. So uh, she says... Yeah, thanks for having me on. It, it's always an education. This is Lindsay saying this. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always an education. I always learn something new. Well, Lindsay, sister, we here are here to tell you we learn a lot from you as well. So I don't. I see you probably you logged off the show, but we we appreciate you having you on the show. So thank you uh, for for being here with us. So. Um, we did have some other reports that we had ready to go, but it's it's right at the one-hour mark. And notwithstanding, we've run over a few times recently on some real hot items. Um, we uh, we like to keep it to an hour for you. And um, we had a really good show for you this evening with Lindsay on the show. Uh, Jeff, unless you have something really burning, uh, why don't you uh, say whatever... Uh, you have, but uh, we'll we'll bait your report tonight if you don't mind, and we'll pick it up next week. Uh, unless you have burning desire to to get into that because it's long now. So now we could we could talk about my report next week. I have no problem with that. Um, okay. We want Sounds good. We want to right. Lindsay for participating, keeping us informed. Um, find her to be a good good unionist, and good worker. For all her efforts. And, um, oh yeah, yeah. She yeah. top of the berry. She's a really good union unionist. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's all I have, Leroy. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, uh, and David, do you have anything else for the show this evening? I know you were just going to follow up with Unifor on some other issues uh, that you were working on. Uh, if uh, if we needed to, but uh, I think those have all been aired now. Uh, really good show with Lindsay on here tonight. So, David, do you have anything else to say at all? Um, no, other than um, I do have this uh, article that was written by Corey Ware. If you'd like me to read it, I will. If not, uh, we can wrap up. I, I'd, I'd like you to I'd like you to read that article because that's been a topic uh, in Canada for some time since he's written it here in the last day or two. Uh, and uh, we've actually been in communication with him, uh, and we appreciate all the input that he's uh, uh, presented. Uh, but go ahead and read that, David. I think that's valuable information so that everybody understands more about this issue. Go ahead. This article was written in the rank and file of Canada, Canadian News um, Analysis. Um, website 
Um, it was written by auto worker Corey Ware. Why we should vote down the GM contract posted on September 24th, 16. At half past midnight on September 20th, the framework of a tentative agreement was reached between Unifor and General Motors that narrowly averted a strike. The Unifor Local 222 Union Hall in Oshawa erupted with cheers then quickly fell silent as our mobilized strike teams waited with bated breath for more details. Our national president, Jerry Diaz, claimed a historic victory for workers with hundreds of millions of dollars in new investments, along with product coming north to Canada and ending the traditional direction of capital flight. Hundreds of new hires were finally being made whole, effectively undoing damage and fractured solidarity foisted upon us by an unequal tiered workforce. In that instant, all of the rage, anxiety, and desperation was folded into a jubilant sigh of relief. We had finally got what we deserved. We were told that no victory of this size comes without a cause and that we conceded defined benefit pension plans for new hires who would instead now receive a defined contribution pension. Many of us remain skeptical in the collective bargaining agreement. The devil is in the details, and this was certainly no exception. New paragraph to tears. As I walked into the plant on my shift on Friday, I was handed an auto-tox leaflet from one of my reps, which highlighted the gains we stand to make under this tentative agreement. My eye was immediately drawn to a section titled Improvements to the New Hire Program. Before I talk about what we gained, I have to talk about the mandate workers on the shop floor gave to our bargaining team when we filled out our demand sheets several months before negotiations had begun. We were exceedingly clear that we weren't searching for improvements for new hires. We were demanding the abolishment of tiered and divided workforce altogether. The end of the supplemental work and workforce employees category, for over a decade now, we've been asking for something that is fundamental to the core principles of unionism. Really quality, equal pay, equal work, and an end to the tiered workforce. What we've gained now is the loss of all previous service time, which for second-tier supplemental workforce employees hired after 2006 means starting all over again without recognition for upwards of a decade of their lives. This means that the 10-year wage progression we've just won will convert supplemental workforce employees to permanent status as seniority employees. For many, this has now become a 20-year wage progression. That's half of the working life of most people. Over the course of those 10 years, we will, lo- we will all lose in the neighborhood of $200,000 in wage earnings alone. New paragraph, new name, same problem. The tiered worker problem is not fixed. We just have a new name. If the agreement is ratified, we will have the same rights as on the shop floor. 
we will have the same benefits, although we must wait one year for dental coverage to kick in. After three years, we will finally have access to short work week, which supplements our incomes when we are sent home early by the company. After six years, we will have access to supplemental unemployment benefits, subpay, which tops up our unemployment insurance when we are on layoff. We will receive a general wage increase of 2% effective immediately and by the end of the first four years, Tier 1 and Tier 2 um, SWEs will be on equal footing, still around $9 short of what full seniority employees make today for doing the exact same work we do. Our pensions today, your pensions tomorrow, while this is a step towards equality, Many of us simply have a hard time swallowing the idea of giving another decade in pursuit of what we already deserved a decade ago. We will finally have a pension, although a defined contribution plan is more like a glorified RRSD than a real pension. When postal workers were in the fight for their lives against the ruthless Canada Post, they drew a line in the sand and refuse to sell out the next generation of workers who deserve the same retirement security as all those who came before them. In the auto industry, however, the loss of this pension was a foregone conclusion that we've been hearing about for years. While some people have said we should be grateful for any pension at all, there is something crucial about this that must be understood. They will eventually come for the defined benefit pensions, too. When that day comes, they will ask us to to trade an aging minority's retirement security for for our production security. Many of us will flatly refuse to do this out of union principle. But when new hires on a wage progression constitute a minority in the plant and have been the cannon fodder in every collective agreement, they've been a part of. There may be very little to stand in the way of the company's demands. Setting a precedent, we have been told by countless full seniority sisters and brothers that if we we second-class supplemental workforce employees weren't made whole in this agreement, they would strike for us. Now that we are coming to cash in those solidarity checks, many are being left with a great deal of uncertainty. The disappointment in this agreement can be seen in the tears of workers left feeling betrayed, the lives put on hold by young workers looking to start families of their own, and the righteous indignation of workers who have simply had enough of being second class in a union shop. We've been told that we have finally secured the footprint of General Motors in Canada, and we have. That footprint can now be seen on the backs of supplemental workforce employees across the province. Vote it down. The danger set by this agreement will be felt by our fellow workers at both Ford and Chrysler as the pattern bargaining brings forward similar arrangements for their workers. This tentative agreement is about much more than workers and General Motors. It will have implications for the entire auto industry in Canada for generations to come 
in other sectors of the economy where employers want to divide workforces and drive down wages and benefits. Thank you, David, for reading that. Yep, thank you for reading that, David. Uh, you know, oftentimes those academics look down their nose at auto workers. I'm going to submit to you that there's not very many academics out there that could write an article like that that flowed well, had pertinent information, and was understandable by all who read it or listen to it. Corey, we're, I want to tell you personally, thank you for writing that. You are an amazing writer. You are an amazing union brother. I'm pleased to have you as a union brother. I believe I speak for our whole team regarding that. You did a nice job. Very nice. Thank you for reading it, David. Uh, I, I want to talk about something that he spoke about. He said, eventually they'll come after the Tier 1 defined pension plan. As you all know, there's an appeal over the pension voting. The IUAW put, uh, they, they created, they bifurcated the membership, created two classes in 2007. And there's a lot of ramifications with that. Because when you have a pension plan that's protected by ERISA, only those that are in, in the pension plan should be voting on the pension plan. And that has not happened in the 2011 agreement, and it didn't happen in the 2015 agreement. And we appealed it. There's one that survived. A number of them were you know, thwarted by real questionable means, including ignoring one that was timely submitted. But I'm going to tell you something. Their latest answer said that existing retirees cannot be reduced unless you have a vote, according to ERISA language. We believe if you're going to have a vote, it shouldn't be by people not in the pension plan, and that's why we're appealing it. But the language that they put into this, this pension plan says that they can reduce the pension by 50% if it falls below a certain level, 80%. And if it falls below 60%, they end the accrual payments. They stop payment for the pension plan. Brothers and sisters, they said, unless you have a vote, they cannot affect previous classes of pension, those existing pensions already. They can only affect futures, okay, future pensions. Now, somebody forgot to tell you in their answer because they're speaking to a whole lot of folk, they forgot to mention there's already been a vote on retiree pension plan. There's been a vote. Like they had in 2005 about health care. 
and that vote affected all classes of pension, existing, current, and future. I'm sorry, health care. They affected all classes of health care in 2005. And that gave us the VEBA. As you may or may not know, I filed suit to try and stop that. I was an intervening plaintiff trying to, trying to stop it. The only one. Somebody parroted me after the fact, but I was the only one who initiated legal action. Somebody copied and pasted everything that we wrote and put it in. God bless him for trying. By the way, he's dead now. He was murdered in his sleep. God bless you, brother, for all you did. But that vote affected all classes of health care. And I'm here to tell you, this existing vote will affect all classes of pension. And they were they stood mute when it came to anything about that. Now, this is still in the process. Maybe I'm speaking a little out of school, but it's time to tell you, especially with Corey Weir talking about how they're coming after defined pension plans for the Tier 1s. There's a plan in place. And, oh, by the way, in General Motors, they have relieved in the agreement, 2011 agreement, relieved them from putting any future money. They've relieved their liability, putting any future, any future commitment to put money into the pension plan. Just so you know, pay attention to what we're talking about here. 25-page answer, response to the IEB's answer, was sent on Thursday night. Yours truly authored it. Okay? Another brother's handling it. We're happy to have him do it. And we're giving him all the credit in the world for doing the very best to keep his alive and well. Thank you, Brother Shingledeck. This protects each and every retiree out there if, we, if we're successful. And Corey Weir spoke about that in Canada tonight. Well, a couple of days ago when he wrote this. He did an amazing job. We thank you, Brother Weir. Thank you, David, for reading that on the show. And I just wanted, I felt obligated to let everybody know he, he's speculating they're going to come after the Tier 1. I'm telling you they are right now coming after half of your pension with the first constriction of any market anywhere. The funding will fall below 80%, and your pension will get cut in half. They'll say, oh, no, you're protected. Oh, yeah, and every one of those folks in the local unions calling us liars, Saying what I just said, shame on you. Be careful. Be careful. Because we got a record of it right here tonight saying just exactly what's about to occur. Having said that, thanks for being on the show tonight, Jeff, David. I really appreciate you. Do you have anything else to say, Jeff? No, just glad. Hope everybody had a good weekend. The weather was good. Our Detroit teams both lost today, but Michigan kicked some butt yesterday, and that made me feel a bit better that Michigan won. 
Yeah, we're eating crow around here. The green and white didn't do so good. So yeah, I know. David, anything else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had, we couldn't control the line, and they they just ate our quarterback alive. So you couldn't, yeah. you know, that kind of pressure. You can't get much out. So, but next week's another week. We'll see what happens. I'll count one. Yeah. David, That's anything right. else, brother? Um, no. Thank you for having me on the show. Um. I enjoy being here and serving um, the membership and bringing them the news that they need to hear. Um, yeah. So well, with that, yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And uh, I'm just I'm as disappointed in the loss to Green Bay um, as I was in the loss by Michigan State Spartans to the over or to the um, Wisconsin Badgers. Um, yeah. That's two great wins for a good friend of ours um, that I hope lifted his spirits this weekend. Yeah, we have a brother that's having a moment, and without going into that, uh, we our hearts uh, are with you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, brother. You know who you are. I, we know you listen to the show every week. Thank you for all of your support, and we know you're going to get through this. Just hang in there. And do what the, the doctors say, and you'll be fine. God bless you, brother. Having said that, uh, we'll just close the show out by saying good night tonight, fellas, because it's uh, it's gotten long. Uh, so good night, listeners, and hope you have a safe week coming up and a nice weekend next weekend. Uh, fall callers will be in in northern Michigan pretty soon, so get a chance. You know, if you happen to be in Michigan, take a drive up and have some fun. So good night, Jeff, and good night, yeah. David. Good night, everyone. Good night, Good night, Jeff. Good night, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.